Chapter 6 The sun was just thinking about coming up as we approached Marco's house. It was already as bright as day to me, of course, but I could tell the difference just the same. The black sky was becoming grey in the east. I felt like I was boiling inside. Like pressure just kept building up in me. Like I was going to explode. Too much swirling through my brain. Tobias, dead. Maybe Jake as well. David, a traitor, with all the powers of an anamorph. And at the same time, we had the biggest mission of our lives. The heads of state were still meeting. Controllers, including Visser III himself, were still conspiring to enslave the most powerful of all humans. It was just too much. Way too much. I couldn't think about all that. One thing at a time, Rachel, I silently told myself. Priorities. David was number one. Everything else was number two. David had to be stopped before he could stop us. But still, somewhere in the back of my mind, it bothered me that Jake had sent Axe to get me. Me, specifically. Once he knew that extreme measures might be taken, he said, Get Rachel. What did that mean? Was that how Jake thought of me? As some crazed, violent nut who would do anything? No, of course not. He just knew I was good in a fight. That's all. It didn't mean anything. Besides, wasn't it true? Another part of my mind argued. Wasn't it true? Wasn't I just the person to call if you needed to kill an anamorph? Marco's house. Marco's window. Open. Open? Did Marco leave his window open? Yes, if he'd already flown out of it. Maybe that was it. Maybe Marco wasn't home, had already left. Maybe he'd sensed we needed him. But as I wheeled to traverse the back of the house, bringing myself closer to the window, I saw Marco inside, in bed. This smells bad, I said to Axe. You have a strong sense of smell in that morph? I meant it, you know, figuratively. Visser Three laid one trap for us, David laid another. I'm done walking into traps. Agreed. Marco! I called in thought speak. Marco, wake up! Wake up now! I wanted to see him wake up and look around. I wanted to make sure he was alone in the room. He was asleep face down. He rolled halfway over and gave the blanket a kick. Wake up! I yelled. Suddenly, he sat up and looked around. He scratched his face. Then, he looked around again. Marco, it's me, Rachel. I'm outside. Are you alone in your room? He didn't smile or leer. He just nodded. Yes, he was alone. Okay, let's go. I said. Axe was ahead of me. He swooped down toward the window. Marco stood watching, smiling almost. His hands were behind his back. Swoosh! Axe swept through the window and... Marco pulled his hands out from behind his back. The Louisville slugger swung a short, sharp arc. Wham! The bat hit Axe square in the face. I saw a piece of shattered beak go flying twirling away like shrapnel from an explosion. 
Axe fell to the grass outside. Marco laughed quietly. I saw his side shake. But, of course, it was not Marco at all. David. David had morphed Marco. Axe lay on the ground, unmoving. Marco slash David held up one finger, then another, then another. One, two, three. He was counting how many of us he'd killed. One, two, three. Tobias, Jake, Axe. But it should have been four. What about Marco? Of course. Marco was still alive because Marco had been human. David had said it himself. He would never take a human life. He would only kill animals. A hawk, a tiger, a harrier. Not a human. As I watched, I saw Marco slash David begin to blur. The nose and eyes became subtly different. Now, he was just David. But he was still morphing when he stepped back out of sight. I had to think. David was wiping us out, one by one. What was his next move? What was his next morph? Jake would know. Jake was the leader, not me. I had to get to Axe. No! That's what David wanted. No, I had to get to Marco. The real Marco. Who was probably unconscious inside the house. No, wait. That wasn't right either. And then, the golden eagle came flapping out of the window. Another of David's morphs. It was one-on-one. Him and me. Golden eagle against owl. He was faster. Stronger. But he was still mostly dark and the air was cool, with none of the warm lift it would have later in the day after the sun came up and baked the ground. He was faster and stronger, but the night belonged to me. I turned and raced away. He followed. Axe lay still on the damp grass, but he was breathing, and to my infinite relief, he was no longer entirely hairier. Follow me, David, I said. We'll see who wins this aerial dogfight. Brave words, he sneered. But you're mine, just like that bird boy of yours was mine. And that's when the pressure inside me evaporated. I was cold again, cold as a frozen lake. I knew what to do, and I wanted to do it. I shouldn't resent Jake for thinking of me, I realized. It was what made him a good leader. He knew us all. He knew me. For you, Tobias, I whispered. And I led David toward his doom. Chapter 7 I flew at top speed, but David was faster. His huge wings plowed through the air. But see, I had an eagle morph too. I know what eagles can do and what they cannot do. I know it like no human being can possibly know it. I knew exactly how quickly David could turn, how well he could accelerate or slow down. I knew so precisely what David could see that I might as well have been looking through his eyes. I wanted him to see me, but he couldn't reach me, not yet. Not until the time and place I had chosen. Silently, I swooped low across rooftops swerved around trees, swooshed down the shadowed setbacks between homes. I skimmed fences 
and dropped behind them, out of sight, to suddenly change direction and gain a few feet of breathing room. I shot through gaps in the trees, gaps too narrow for David's vast wings. But always, he kept up. He never gained too much, and I never allowed him to lose me. You're very good, Rachel, he said. You know, I wish I didn't have to do this. Yeah, but you just can't help yourself, I sneered. You all left me no choice. You forced me. What was I supposed to do? Let Jake order me around? Let him get me killed? Spend the rest of my life hiding? What do you want? Pity? I lost my family. Everything. Thanks to all of you. What are you, nuts? We're not your problem. Or at least we weren't until you turned against us. I was nearing the most dangerous part of the chase. As long as there were trees and buildings, I could take advantage of my smaller size and superior night vision. But now we were emerging over an open field, leaving the houses behind us. Just a hundred yards or so to go. David poured on the speed. Those huge wings propelled him after me. I dodged, but he anticipated my move. He cut the angle and came within two feet of me. But I could see my target in the night. I could see the high power lines. Could David see them? Up, up I went, my wings screaming from the effort. But now, David was all over me. Within five feet of the wires, I felt those wings shadow me. Ah! Sharp pain as steel strong talons sank into the muscles of my back. No! I screamed in frustration. I stopped moving forward. My wings beat uselessly. I wasn't going to reach the wires. I wasn't going to watch David fry on 10,000 volts. Talon squeezed harder. Harder. I lost control of the muscles in the back half of my body. One of the talons was sinking through my flesh, trying to reach my heart. David began to use his wicked, curved beak on me, tearing at the back of my head. I was losing. The realization terrified me. Not because it meant I would die but because it meant David would win. Tobias. Jake. David was going to win. My mind began shutting down. I should demorph, I told myself. But no, I was too high up. And it was so hard to concentrate, so hard to focus. David was actually carrying me higher, lifting me up. That way... If I did demorph, I'd fall to my death. Sorry, Rachel, David said. But after all, birds die all the time, don't they? And that's when it happened. I saw it drop out of nowhere, out of the sky, out of the clouds it dropped. Wings back, talons raked forward. It hit David in the back of his head. Eagle feathers flew. David screamed in pain. And Tobias, yes, Tobias, sent in private thought speak. Rachel, David is really getting to be a pain in the butt. David released me. My wings flapped again. I was hurt, but David couldn't know how badly. And he didn't want to fight two at once. He turned and flew away. Tobias? I cried. But you're supposed to be dead. I am? 
Who? Me? Chapter 8 Tobias was alive. It turned out that David had killed a red-tailed hawk, and Jake had seen that dead hawk. Only, it was a different red-tail. Tobias had simply lost David early in the evening, and had been searching for him ever since. Jake survived. Cassie found a way to jab a big syringe of adrenaline into him, enough to wake him up, just as her mom was scrubbing up for surgery back at the gardens. He demorphed a human and calmly walked out of the zoo. He had to wait two hours for a city bus, but fortunately, Cassie found him a pair of shoes to wear. Cassie's mother was seriously freaked. Not only had a near-dead tiger simply disappeared, he seemed to have reappeared back in his environment, and there were no signs of any injuries. Cassie explained that she did a lot of shrugging and kept saying, I can't believe it either, Mom! I was only out of the room for a second! Of course, that tiger was the one whose DNA Jake had originally acquired. Same tiger, but not the same tiger. Axe was fine. He'd only been stunned. He demorphed, terrified some person driving by, remorphed, and came looking for me. As for Marco, well, Marco awakened to find David standing over him with a baseball bat. He'd been tied up and locked in his closet. It took him the rest of the night to get loose. It had been a bizarre night. But the most bizarre thing was that when it was all over, we had to go to school. That's right, school, on zero hours of sleep. I was so tired, my skin was vibrating. I couldn't believe I hadn't been busted by my mom. I got home that morning just about three seconds before my alarm clock went off, and five minutes later, she was banging on my door, telling me to get up and help her get my youngest sister, Sarah, ready for school. The first few periods I just sat and stared at the blackboard like someone in a coma. By lunchtime, I was reviving a little, but it was mostly hunger keeping me awake. I sat with Cassie. She'd probably gotten three, maybe four hours of sleep. And I hated her for it. Jake grabbed his tray and sat down with us. Normally, we don't all eat together because we don't want people thinking of us as a clique of some kind. That would be bad for security. But this time, we just didn't care. We were a very tired little group of superheroes. I mean, if Visser 3 could have seen us right then, he'd have stopped worrying. We didn't look like we could kick butt on a four-year-old, let alone on the entire Yurk Empire. Hi, Jake said and slumped in his seat. Mm, I grunted. How are you doing, Jake? Cassie asked. Mm, he said encouragingly. Well, this is going to be a perky little group, Cassie said, laughing. Obviously, we need a Starbucks here in the cafeteria. You two could use some coffee. Stop talking, I said. I snarled a little. I would have snarled more, but I was too tired. Of course, Cassie wasn't in the least bit intimidated. You're so grumpy when you lose a little sleep. We saw Marco heading toward us. He had no tray but he was smiling. Well, sure, why not? He'd slept half the night and spent the rest of the night in a nice, dark closet. Hi, guys. How's it going? Marco said. He swung his leg over the back of the chair and sat down. Tired as I was, that set alarm bells ringing in my head. 
Marco doesn't swing his leg over chairs. And Marco doesn't act that perky, even when he's had a full night of sleep. I guess Jake had the same reaction. I glanced at him, and all of a sudden, his eyes weren't glazed and unfocused anymore. David, I presume, Jake said harshly. Marco smiled. And then I saw Marco, another Marco, just starting through the food line. Cassie was bewildered. She looked from Jake to me. I nodded my head significantly toward the real Marco. I'll stop him, Cassie said, jumping up from her seat. The last thing anyone wanted was two Marcos at one table. There was a joke in there somewhere, but I was too busy to think about it. What do you want? Jake demanded. David slash Marco smirked. What? No small talk? No chit-chat? I couldn't morph. Not there in front of a whole cafeteria full of yelling, laughing, talking kids. But I could reach for my fork. And I could wonder what the tines would do if they were driven hard enough into... I held onto the fork. I asked what you want, Jake said calmly. I want the blue box. I found it. It's mine. I want it. Jake actually smiled. Now, what do you think the odds are of me agreeing to that? Marco slash David flushed angrily. You have no choice, big man. You can't fight me. I have the same powers you have. And I'm smarter than you are, so I'll win. There are six. I mean, five of us, Jake said. I shot Jake a look. He ignored me. I got the message. No need to tell David that Tobias had survived. The less he knew, the better. I want the box, David said stubbornly. What for? I said. So you can give it as a birthday present to Visser 3? Cassie came back and sat down next to David. She managed to move her chair closer to his without being obvious about it. It was deliberate, of course. She wanted him to have to deal with her as a human being, not as an enemy. David blinked. He leaned away from Cassie. Cassie just gave him her big, understanding look. David, I know you've been through a lot, Cassie said in a very quiet voice. David had to lean closer to hear. I know your life has gone terribly wrong. I know you're lonely. I know you're afraid. And I know that deep down inside, you feel very sorry for what happened last night. But you must know that you cannot bargain with Visser 3. He won't give you what you want. David shot her a sharp, surprised look. So did I. What bargain? I asked. Cassie took a forkful of her food and chewed it carefully. Shall I tell them, David? Or would you like to? Getting no answer from him, she sighed and said, David wants the box so he can ransom his parents. Isn't that right, David? You want Visser 3 to release your parents so you can have a home again. For a brief moment, there was something vulnerable on the face David had copied from Marco. But then, his eyes hardened. That's okay. I don't need the box. I have something else Visser 3 wants. See, I know that the Animorphs aren't Andalite bandits. I know their names, their addresses. I give him you, he said, looking at Jake. And you, he added, looking at me. And then, you know what? He can do to you like he did to my parents. And he can get his blue box from you. David pushed his chair back noisily. He stood up 
and walked away. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And, uh, got this one in just under the wire, huh? Christmas, is it? Nope. It's the day before Christmas Eve. My sense of time's been off this whole week. I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. And, uh, the next week's episode might be delayed as a result. I don't know. I got New Year's plans and such. So, uh, play it by ear, but I'm just letting you know now if it doesn't show up, that's why. Uh, Check the Twitter, you know, if it's if it's not going to get posted, I'll post about it on the Twitter, which is at Audiomorphs. Uh, that's also where you can reach me to talk if you'd like. Other ways you can do that. Look at that seamless transition. Bam. Love it. Uh, other ways you can do that is, of course, through Gmail, Audiomorphscast at gmail.com, Tumblr, Audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, uh, through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apodcalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. And that's actually all the way, so I should have said that in a more final tone. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all I really have this week. No uh, no messages, no other special announcements. Um, so, you know, ratings, reviews, all that other stuff as well. Uh, let's just get on out of here. It's the holidays. We all go places we want to be. Um, so I'll see you all in the new year. Yeah. In the new year, 2022. Gosh, wow. Oh, man. 2021, sure was a year, huh? (laughs) See you guys uh, next year. Bye. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. We fight.